0: I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp, and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number 305-384-6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get texted by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. If you're a boss, you must teach your staff from the ground up as if they know nothing. Because anything you don't teach, they are not responsible for knowing or doing. Day-all-day.com. Day-all-day.com. exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has it relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. fabulous way i can't say it enough work on your game people often ask me dre is there any way that i could work with you directly is there any way that i could talk to you on a regular basis just ask you questions share with you what i'm doing and just get your feedback and your insight on where i'm going personally and professionally the answer is yes. And the further answer is there's only one place to do that. That is work on your game university. That's the only place I do any coaching. It's the only place I work with anyone directly. All you have to do to get involved in the university is go to work on your game university dot com. There you'll see all your options, whether you want to schedule a call with us, join one of our group programs and we go from there. I'll see you inside. Again, that's work on your game dot com. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, that is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is, we are on part two of two. And I told you what's coming, which is how to be a great boss. What are the things you need to do? What are the things you can exemplify that will allow you to be a great boss? I already gave you the intro to this, but before we start into this, let me remind everybody I send out a text every day, guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point to start your day. I call it daily motivation that someone out every week. Also called the Monday motivation. All you got to do to get these messages is join my text community by texting me at my number 305-384-6894. It is listed down below in the description. Secondly, Work On Your Game University. That is the place where I do all my coaching. It's the only place I do any coaching. the only place you can work with me directly. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. You can click the button on that page and you can schedule a time to get on a call with us. That is the only way to get into our university. You must get on a call with us first because you want to know who we're talking to. Right, you want to be coached by us, then you want to have a conversation first so we know who it is we're going to be working with, what you want, what you need, what may be in your way right now. Once we're clear on that, we'll tell you how our university works and how you can get started. Again, the link is in the description. It's just work on your game, university.com. You can remember that. Then you don't even need a link. Just type it into your browser right now while you listen to me. Let's move right into the episode here. We already gave you the intro on yesterday, so we're just picking up on part four, how to be a great boss. Point number four, invest time into teaching. If you're going to be a great boss, you got to invest time into your staff. This is where many bosses drop the ball. A lot of bosses drop the ball on this point right here. Many people who are bosses seem to believe, and I see a lot of solopreneurs make this mistake. I see it way too often. Many bosses seem to think that hiring help means that all the skills that you need from said help comes in a box with the person. Wrong. When you hire someone to work for you, All the skills that you need them to have do not just come in this neat little package along with the human. They do not. If you have ever made this mistake, you have lived to rue the day that you had this inaccurate thought. You must actually train and teach your staff for exactly what you want them to do, how to do it, and how you want things done specifically if there is a specific way you want things done. I would suggest you have a specific way you want things done because if you leave them to just figure it out on their own, you're going to get random outcomes. You have to train your staff for this, even if they already have a high level skill set. If they have a high level skill set, maybe they've done a similar job in the past and things like that. You still must train them because you should never assume that someone knows something. And if you don't teach it to them, then you can't get mad at them or hold them accountable for not doing it the way that you taught because you didn't teach. it. So if they do something in a way that you didn't want it done, well, that's because you neglected to teach them how you wanted it done. And they did it the way that they did it at the old job. But that's not the way you do it at this job. So that's why you have to take time to train people and teach them, even when they show up with a already ready-made skill set, or at least they, it looks like on paper that they have a ready-made skill set. I'll give you an example. I had my sister Latoya Baldwin on the show in 2017, maybe 2017 or 2018, one of those years, and she talked about how when she first got out of college, she's a year older than me, she took a job in investment banking. Now my sister went to an Ivy League school which was probably, that's probably a prerequisite for her even getting a job is that you got to have a degree from like a certain type of school. And she had a degree from Ivy League school. I don't know what she majored in, but she had the degree. And this is before she went on and got later degrees, like advanced degrees. But at this point, I believe she only had a four-year degree, I think. And when she went and got that job, I asked her, when you got the job, did the job assume that you had certain skill sets because you came from a good school and she probably had good grades in school? I don't know what her grades were. They're probably pretty good. And I asked her if they assumed that she had any skills based on the fact that she was coming from a certain school with certain jobs, et cetera. And she said, no. She said they taught us as if we knew absolutely nothing. They trained us from the ground up. That's exactly what you need to do. I don't care how talented a person is. I don't care how shiny their resume is. I don't care how much they aced the interview process. Anyone you hire, you must train them as if they know nothing. And if they happen to know something, that's a bonus. If you're in the process of training them, you learn that they actually know stuff and they actually have skills and there are some things you don't need to teach them because they already know it and they kind of tell you, like, you already know that part and they explain it to you, maybe better than you would have it explained it to them. Consider that a bonus, but do not shortcut the process thinking that you don't need to train somebody just because they know some stuff. All right, don't do that. Again, you're shooting yourself in the foot and you end up in a bad space. Train them as if they know nothing. All right, so if they know something, it's like you found some money in the couch cushions or as a bonus don't expect it. Don't go thinking, are you going to pay for your groceries and the rent and your kids' daycare with more money than you find in the couch cushions if you found some last week? All right. You should not assume that anyone knows anything. Assumptions will cost you. All right. If you are good at teaching your staff, your staff will operate your processes exactly as they're supposed to be operated. But if they're continually dropping the ball, that's because somebody, probably you, failed at teaching and failed at training. In that same time frame, probably 2017, 2018, I told this story. I was working at Pizza Hut. This is one of my first jobs as a kid. I started working when I was 10 years old, 15 years of age. I remember I had a job at Pizza Hut. And one day I'm working there. It's like a weekday. It's like a Tuesday afternoon. And Pizza Hut, I don't know what they do now, but they used to have a solid bar from like 12 o'clock to one o'clock, salad buffet bar every day, 12 to one o'clock. And on a Tuesday in the middle of the day, on a Tuesday, it's not like it's super busy. So it was only two people working in the store. me and the manager. And the manager's name was Terrell. And I'm asking Terrell because I knew the salad bar was coming up at 12 o'clock. I said, what can I do to help get the salad bar ready? And Terrell was working on the line, like the cook line. So he was making all the pizzas and stuff. And I was just taking orders. And if anybody came and sat down, I would serve the customers who were sitting down. But it's a very quiet day. But we did have to get the salad bar ready because it's a buffet. So whoever came in, we had to have the buffet ready. So Terrell was like, yeah, you can make the salad. Go ahead and make the salad for the buffet. And I was like, man, I don't really know how to make a salad. Again, I'm 15, 16 years of age at this point. I had eaten plenty of salad, but I didn't know how to make a salad. I never actually made a salad. So I wanted to make sure I made it right. So I said, what goes in a salad? And he's like, man, you don't know how to make a salad. All right, man, you got to put carrots. You got to put tomatoes, put some celery. Make sure you put some croutons on top. Make sure you sprinkle some cheese and you can put some onions in there. And I said, all right, cool. And I remembered everything he said. And I went into the walk-in refrigerator and I got everything that he said. And I put it in the bowl. And I came back to him, It's Terrell, again, he's on the pizza line. He's making pizzas for the orders that are coming in, the pickup orders, and the pizzas that are going to go on the buffet. And I show him the bowl, and I'm standing like at the end of the line. I'm at the start of the pizza line. He's at the end of the line, but I'm leaning the bowl down so he can see it, what's in it. I'm like, did I get it right? Did I put everything in here? Is this good to go out? Is this good? I do it right? And he looks at the bowl, and then he looks at me, and I'm just looking at him, waiting for him to give a response, and then he starts laughing. And I don't know why he's laughing. And then he keeps laughing. He looks back at me. And he keeps laughing more. He laughs. And, la- and then he's laughing so hard. Terrell starts laughing so hard that he's crying. He actually has tears coming out of his eyes. He's laughing so hard at, I don't know what he's laughing at. I'm standing there holding a bowl like, All right, why is this guy laughing? I don't know what the joke is. So I'm waiting for him to finally tell me what's so funny. And finally, he stops crying. And he says, man, where is the lettuce? And I said, dude, you didn't say lettuce. You said tomatoes, carrots, onions, cheese, croutons. And celery you didn't say anything about lettuce. And you no, know, he he starts to cry even more. Like, dude, how are you gonna make a salad without lettuce? I said, dude, you didn't say anything about lettuce. I did exactly what you told me to do. I'm telling you that story to tell you this: do not assume people know anything. Do not assume knowledge. If you're a boss, you must teach your staff from the ground up as if they know nothing. Because anything you don't teach, they are not responsible for knowing or doing. The reason most people don't reach their goals in life is not because they never ask themselves what they want most of you do that it's not because they're not willing to do the work most of you do a whole lot of that it's because they never ask themselves the third key question which is who do i need to be i wrote a book called the mirror of motivation that is all about asking and answering that question of and for yourself that's why it's called the mirror of motivation in that book you're going to learn who you need to be as a person so that you can go get into that right energy then do what you need to do, and then you'll be able to reach your goals and have what you want to have. And that sounds like the missing link in your process. And let me give you a hint it is the missing link in your process. I'll give you a free copy of The Mirror of Motivation. All you have to do is cover the shipping and just go to mirrorofmotivation.com. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. I will give you a free copy of that book so you can ask yourself the key question that you have never asked yourself, that most people never ask themselves, that will make all the difference in your success mirrorofmotivation.com. Point number five. Today's topic, once again, is we're talking how to be a great boss. This is part two of two. Number five, engage for feedback. This is another thing that entrepreneurs and business owners drop the ball on. Many of you are dropping the ball on this right now. Some of you business owners need to do this one. You can implement this right now today. Just because somebody works for you and they are subordinate to you, i.e. you pay their checks, does not mean that they don't have useful feedback that could benefit you. They could actually teach you some stuff and you can learn some stuff from them, but you must engage with them in order to get that stuff. They're not going to give it to you unsolicited most of the time. You got to ask your staff, what are some things that you could do that might make things better for them? Uh, how can I make your job easier? That's an easy question you could ask your staff. Any of you who has staff, ask that question to your staff today. How can I make your job easier? What can I do to make it easier for you? I guarantee you they will have an answer. Guaranteed. And when they give you the answer, you're going to be sitting there dumbfounded like, damn, they probably been thinking about that for some time, but they never told me. And you might start to get a little bit annoyed. Like, yo, why did not you never tell me that? Well, look, you're the boss. They're not going to just come to you and tell you that stuff. You got to ask. You have to ask for this. They're not going to give it to you. What can I do to make your job better? How can I make your job easier? What can I do to help you do better at what you're doing? What are some things, especially if they're a person who interfaces with your customers and clients, What are some things that you're hearing or seeing from the customers and clients that I need to know about? What could we do that will help them? How can we make things better for our customers and clients? They will usually have answers, but you got to ask for it. If you don't ask, they won't give it to you. Remember, folks, your staff is handling things that you are not handling or seeing on a daily basis. That's the reason why they're staff, right? So they can do stuff that you don't have to do, which means they are seeing things that you're not seeing, which means they know stuff that you don't know. Which means you got to be asking about it, because otherwise you're going to be completely blind to what's going on. This is how things happen in organizations where the boss stops paying attention to certain things because they consider it to be on autopilot, or that's completely taken care of by them over there. So I don't have to look at it at all before, and before they know it, there's some big problem happening over there that the boss stopped paying attention to. So now it's on the boss because you weren't paying attention, but you shouldn't have been not paying attention. That should never have happened. You shouldn't have gotten to the position of not paying attention. This happened with. A few years ago, it was the Dallas Mavericks, the basketball team in the NBA. And, you know, the NBA is a big business. These organizations, NBA teams are worth billions of dollars, billions with a B. And Mark Cuban, he at least he was the owner of the Mavericks at that time. I recently read that he was divesting. He was selling a significant stake in his ownership of the Mavericks. So he probably still owns some, but not as much as he used to. But as the owner, he's the boss. Right? He's cutting the checks. His organization is cutting the checks to everybody who works there. Now, Dallas has a basketball side to their operations, like the general managers and the coaches and the players and the trainers and all of that. But they also have a business side where there's people running just the business side of the Mavericks. These are not people who are interfacing with the players and stuff. They're doing all other kinds of like community stuff and just overall running the business of this Dallas Mavericks organization. So long story short, what had happened here is that there was a sexual harassment situation going on on the business side of the Mavericks organization. And when shit hit the fan and the news started coming out, Mark Cuban was in the crosshairs because he's the owner of this organization. And there was a woman working there who had been being sexually harassed consistently by other people who are higher up in the organization. And the bosses were kind of covering everything up, not Mark Cuban, but the lieutenants he had put in charge to run that stuff, they were covering things up. So when it finally hit the fan, Mark Cuban was completely blindsided because he didn't know what was going on because guess who he was only getting information from, from the very lieutenants who were covering up the sexual harassment. So he wasn't getting to the lower levels to find out what was going on because he was just talking to the lieutenants, but they were the ones doing the covering up in the first place. So when this all hit the fan, Mark Cuban had to go on TV and he's apologizing and he's looking disheveled and he's taking ownership to his credit. He took full accountability for the process. He said, it's my fault because I wasn't paying attention to that part of the business. And he was 100% right. He wasn't paying attention. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Now, you may not have an organization as big as the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe you only have one or two or 10 people working for you. So you don't have the same kind of problems that Mark Cuban could have. He has probably hundreds of people working for him. Now, if you have one or two or 10, you need to make sure you are looking at every level what's happening in your business and talking to people at different levels to find out what's going on and getting that knowledge firsthand. As often as possible, you want to get firsthand knowledge of what's going on in your organization, not depending on someone else to give you that information. It is said that Napoleon Bonaparte, when he was on the battlefield, he would often try to get information directly from people who were on the front lines of his wars. He wouldn't just depend on his lieutenants to tell him something that they got from somebody who got it from somebody who got it from somebody. Napoleon would try to get as close as possible to getting direct information, maybe even getting it with his own two eyes. Because he knew that you know, through the, the telephone game, y'all familiar with that concept of telephone game, that I tell you something and you tell somebody, they tell somebody and they tell somebody. By the time he gets to the fourth person, the story has completely changed. So he didn't. he knew that through the telephone game, before telephone back then, that things would change if it kept getting passed from person to person to person. So he would try to cut that out and get straight to the information as raw and as real and as direct as possible. You need to be the same way. And this is exactly what Mark Cuban was lamenting That he failed to do. And that's how that sexual harassment thing kind of got way bigger than it should have gotten in his organization. So these people who are your workers, they're seeing things that you're not seeing. But if you don't ask, they may never share. Okay. So hopefully you are noticing many of the points I'm making here are about communication. By the way, if you didn't notice that, I'm telling you, I'm letting the cat out the back. I don't know what I'm talking about here today. To be a great boss, you must be a great communicator. That is both asking questions, speaking in your training and listening. All three. You know those days in your life when you don't really feel like being at work, you don't really feel like doing the job that you're required to do, but you have to do it anyway? Yeah, those days. We call those days the third day. Everyone has them no matter what it is that you do. And you need to, if you're going to be a professional, have a system for getting through those days because they're going to happen. I wrote a book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs, that systematically and strategically coaches you on how to get through those days so you can give your best effort when you least feel like it. I will give you a free copy of the book. Again, it's called The Third Day. All you have to do is cover the shipping and go to thirddaybook.com. Again, that's thirddaybook.com. Get a free copy of that book, How to Separate Yourself, the Pro, from the Amateurs by showing up and giving your best effort when you least feel like it. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Point number six. Today's topic, once again, is how to be a great boss. Point number six. Here's the litmus test. Your assistants, your staff, the people who work for you, especially the ones who are working directly with you, your direct reports, they should have entirely new skill sets after working for you than what they had when they showed up. And even the people who are not your direct reports, because anybody who's not your direct report, they're getting trained by somebody who you trained, right? So if you have someone who's on the third level, So you're on the first level, your assistant's on the second level, and then your assistant's assistant is on the third level. So you never talk to the assistant assistant that often, but they're being trained by your assistant who you train, which means your assistant should be training their assistant just as well as you train them, right? So anyone who works for you should have entirely new skill sets after working for you than what they had when they worked for you. That should be happening. They should be good enough to go and do more and better after working for you than they were capable of doing when they showed up. They should have a whole new set of skills. This often doesn't happen because many bosses are poor teachers. When you're doing your regular check ins with your staff, which should be happening on a daily basis, by the way, let me say this again. When you're doing your regular check ins with your staff, it should be happening on a daily basis, by the way. Any of you bosses who run an organization, you need to be every single day talking to everyone on your staff in a planned, scheduled meeting. You don't have to call it a meeting, but there should be a planned, scheduled time for everyone to be talking together on a every day that there's work happening, y'all should be talking. It should never be a day where everybody just works and y'all don't talk to each other. There needs to be a group meeting or a huddle or whatever you want to call it every single day. When I worked in sales, I worked in corporate sales for maybe about six months. I was selling gym membership. It was a corporate owned gym. Every day, our sales manager, it was only four salespeople, three or four salespeople. He would call us into his office. It would be him. It was his number two in charge, the guy who was basically the operations manager. He was the sales manager then it'd be us four salespeople. So six people in a room. And every day before we started actually getting out there and working, all of us would come in there and we'd have a meeting about what we did the previous day, what we're doing that day, what our plans were for the day ahead. That is what you need to be doing every day. I have an assistant who works for me every day. We start our day by having a conversation, usually about 30 minutes. How was yesterday? What do I need to know about? What can I help you with? And then I'm asking at the end, how can I help you? How can I make you better? What can I do to help you maybe outside of work stuff? What are some things that I could help you with and maybe would help you in your personal life outside of this? Or maybe what you're looking to do in the next five years was probably, it might not be just working here for the rest of your life. How can I help you get ready for that? I'm asking those questions, but you gotta be having regular communication for this to happen, folks. If you're not doing this, someone is failing to communicate and invest in your team because when you're doing this, your people are gonna get better. They're going to get better. I've told you, I've had staff hired away from me, poached by other entrepreneurs who paid them more money than I was paying them because I made them good enough that they were worth more money. I have staff who have left working for me and went and started businesses doing the stuff that they were doing for me because I taught them how to do it so well, they realized this was a valuable skill. Like, shit, I can start a business doing this. Why am I working for Dre? They went and started a business doing it. I can't even be mad at them because I transferred the knowledge to them. I transferred the skills to them. Your staff should be that good. If they leave and they are, have the same skill set that they had when they first came to you, you have done them a disservice. And you're doing yourself a disservice because you're not creating leaders, you're creating followers. So you got to invest in your team. And at the extremes of this, listen, your staff will get hired away, as I told you. At the extremes of this, your staff will get hired away. And there are people who I've done business with, who I, like if I'm doing business with somebody, I may interface maybe not with the main person so much, but I'll be talking to their team. And I'll notice sometimes that some people I've done business with, I'm not going to say who they are, but they're people I've done business with and I'm engaging with their team. And sometimes those team members leave that organization and they get replaced by somebody else. And that team member goes and starts their own business, basically doing all the stuff they were doing for that organization in the past. And that's it can be a pain to ask for the organization because now they got to replace that person. They got to hire a new person and all. But it's a credit to that organization that they were training that person so well that they got good enough to go start their own business. Like my guy who does the audio here for the show, his name is Nico. I believe he's still editing the audio for this particular episode. So I'm pretty sure he's hearing this. Last I heard from him, he told me that he personally edits the audio for my episodes, even though they have other shows that they do editing for. When he first started working for me and editing the audio, this is back in 2016. He didn't have other clients. I was his first client for editing audio, but he told me, he said, Dre, I got good at editing audio because I was editing yours every day. So the fact that your show comes out every day gave me a lot of practice. I got really good And then I said, why don't we start a business on this? And now he and his wife have a business where they edit audio for other people's podcasts. So any of you who has a podcast and you need someone to edit your audio, reach out to me. I will connect you with Nico and their team. They have a whole team. They're based in the Philippines and they will edit the audio for your show for you. And I'm sharing that to say this, they got good enough to where they built a whole business around editing people's audio where he started just editing my audio. but He learned how to do it. He learned the nuances of it. And Now he does it for other people. All right. Your staff, this is what should be happening with your staff. They should be getting better. They should be expanding. They shouldn't just be doing the same stuff now they were doing last year. They should have more skills, be doing better at what they do, and they can eventually move up. So I have an assistant who works for me right now. And over time, let's say a year and a half from now, she's gotten so much better that, and our business should be doing so much better that maybe we'll add another layer where Marielle will have someone underneath her where now she will be doing higher level stuff. My sister's name Marielle. She'll be having someone underneath her. And that person can take over some of the stuff that my current assistant is doing. And now she can do higher level stuff. And then we can keep adding levels to what we do in the business. The business has to be moving forward. The people have to be moving forward. All of this has to be happening in order for that to be possible. Right Now, I'm not telling you these things like how Nico got good and how I had staff posted away from me. I, I'm not saying that to brag because when I got staff posted away from me, that was a pain in the ass because I had to replace them. I had to find another person i'm not happy about that so that is far from a brag but i have to go through the work of finding another person but it did actually happen but it should happen all right you should have people getting so good that they are expanding their horizons hopefully still with you expanding their horizons but expanding nonetheless because of what they're learning through their association with you and as i told you all now you don't have to be a boss for this to apply to you when you are really good at what you do every entity you touch should be in better position after you leave than they were before you got there whether that's another person, whether it's a company that you work for or a company that you own. It should be in a better place after you leave than it was when you got there. It should be a better place six months from now than it is today, even if you didn't leave. Because people should be getting better just through being around you and the communication that you bring to the table. With that said, let's recap today's class, which is part two of two, how to be a great boss. Number four, invest time into teaching. You got to take time to actually train your staff. Do not assume that they know anything. People get out of college with uh, great grades from big schools, and they still get taught as if they know nothing at from ground zero at an entry-level job. Why? Because no smart business assumes that people know anything. Never assume that people know stuff. Point number five, engage for feedback. All right, People who work for you are working on front lines and, and interfacing with people and things that you don't know anything about. If you never ask them any questions, they can't tell you anything. But if you engage with them, they will tell you stuff that you probably would wish you had known sooner, but you didn't ask the question. It's not their fault for not telling you. It's your fault for not asking. Number six, Litmus test is your staff should have entirely new skill sets after working for you than they have when they showed up. And this can be anywhere. You work in corporate and you have people who are your subordinates. They should be more prepared for moving up to the next level after working, serving you than they were before. If you're a coach, you're a head coach in sports, you have assistants who work for you. They should be ready for their next level job through working for you for a year or two or five than they were. But when they first showed up, they should be better. Why? Because they're talking to you every day. <laughs> they should get better. If you have an assistant who works with you directly, they're your direct report, they should get a lot better through working with you every single day than they were before they started working with you every single day. This should always absolutely be happening in business. So with all that said, folks, now you know how to be a great boss. Make sure you text me soon in my text community. My number is 305-384-6894 and work on your game, university.com. That is the place where I do all my coaching. If you want to learn hands-on how to be a great boss, how to start applying this to your business, how to train your staff the right way so that they are actually getting better and they're making your job easier over time, which should be happening. Your job should not be as hard six months from now as it is today with a staff member. You hired a staff member today, you got to do a lot of work to get them going. But six months from now, it should be a lot easier. It should be a lot smoother. It should be a day where you didn't go to work, for example. You just text your assistant and say, I'm not going to make it in today, but you work as usual to send me a report at the end of the day and they should be able to do their work without having to talk to you. That should be happening. If it's not happening, somebody's not doing their job, and that would be you. Go to workonyourgameuniversity.com. I will teach you and train you on how to do this, how to do it the right way, and the effective and efficient way so that everybody wins in the process. Again, that's at workonyourgameuniversity.com, link down below in the description. Work on your game. Dre, all day. make sure you message me 305-384-6894 are you ready to take your health and well-being to the next level or if you're already at the next level you want to make sure you stay there introducing ag1 the ultimate all-in-one supplement that will revolutionize your daily routine ag1 is meticulously crafted to provide your body with a comprehensive blend of 75 essential nutrients vitamins minerals and antioxidants what does all that mean let me make it simple means you're getting the perfect solution for those of you who are committed to optimizing your health and fueling your body with the very best. I take this stuff myself. Besides water and my protein shake, I don't put anything else in my body. Whether you're a professional athlete or someone who values meticulous attention to detail when it comes to what you put in your body, AG1 is designed with people like us in mind. But the benefits don't stop there. When you choose AG1, you're going to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D, a vital nutrient that supports a strong immune system and promotes healthy bones. On top of that, we're including five free AG1 travel packs so you can stay on top of your game wherever life takes you. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Your body deserves the highest quality nutrition, and AG1 is here to deliver. That's why I partner with them. That's drinkag1.com work on your game.